when the Pasuk is describing the creepy, crawly things that aren't kosher and so on, the Pasuk says, Kol We're going to see in the Sikha what these words mean. Anything that goes on four legs. Something that has many legs. Rashi quotes in his first Dibra Maschal the words and Rashi explains that this refers, Zenochash, this refers to the snake. What does the word gochoin mean? So Rashi says it means shchia. It means going bent over because the snake goes bent over, falling down on its belly. Why does Rashi say that Hoylech Gochen is referring to the Nochash? Says the Rebbe, this is understood very simply, because the very only place in the Torah where we find a similar expression in regards to Shrotzim, in regards to these creeping um, creatures, is in regards to the Nochash. This is in Parshas Bereshis, where Hashem says to the Nochash, Al Gechoin Chotelech. From this we understand that when it says over here a similar expression, so clearly it's referring to the Nachash. However, says the Rebbe, we need to understand, the ending of what Rashi explains when he says that the word Gachoin is an expression of Shechia, of going bent over because the snake goes bent over and falling down on its belly. Because as we just said, the expression says already in Parshas Bereshis, Al over there Rashi did not explain what the word Gachoin means. All Rashi tells us over there is that the snake originally had feet and they were cut off. And therefore, says the Rebbe, it's not understood. Rashi seemingly should have explained this word gocha in the first time that it says in Chumash and not rely what he's going to say in Pasha Shmini. Now, seemingly we could answer that Rashi does not explain in Pasha's Bereshis the words al-gachoin chotelech because the word gochoin is a very, very simple word that's understood by itself in one of two ways. Either on something that Rashi told us already before, or it's just an obvious word that Rebbe explains. Number one, on the Pasuk in Pasha's Bereshis, where it speaks about the different rivers flowing from Ganadin, the Pasuk says, V'shem hanor hasheni, the second, the name of the second river is Gichoin. And Rashi, and this is a Pasuk that says before, regarding the snake. So Rashi, on those words, um, Gichoin, Rashi says, it's called Gichoin, because this is a river that's going and roaring, and it's a very strong roar, and that's related, says Rashi, to the words that says by an ox that's goring. And what does mean over there? Because the ox, as it's goring, it goes and it gore, it goes and it roars. So this idea of Gichoin is then expression of roaring. Says the Rebbe, similarly then we could say, Al-Gechoin Chotelech, could be understood in the same way, that since this snake is, is slithering, crawling on the ground, as Rashi does say over there, that it had feet and they were cut off, therefore his going is called Al-Gechoin to use the words of the Evan Ezra, because of the Ruach, because of the air, the wind that's coming out from it as it's crawling on the ground. And this is what Rashi is saying. In other words, so Rashi is relying in the Pasuk al-Gechoin Chotelech, in Parshas Bereshis, on his pirush, on the river Gichoin. It's a similar sort of word from the noise that's being caused by it. So this is one way what we could say in Parshas Bereshis, why Rashi doesn't explain al-Gechoin Chotelech. A second uh, explanation could be that Gechoin means the belly, as the Targum says on the Gal Gechoin Chotelech, uh, that the Almeach Tezel will go on its belly, 
or the, the Eben Ezra gives another pshat that it means, refers to the chest, and the reason why Rashi doesn't say anything over there in Pasha's Beresh, because it's a word in Lashon Kodesh that the Talmud knows its meaning. Just like the, he knows the meaning of the word Me'ayim, so it wouldn't help changing it to the word Me'ayim, he knows both words. Or the word Chaza, which means a chest. So again, we could say that in Pasha's Bereshis, Rashi doesn't need to explain al because it's a simple translation. But if that's the case, then the question becomes, in the reverse side, in our Pasha, what's forcing Rashi over here to translate the word Hoylech al not like al as the Eben Ezra actually explains over here, where he says on the words "Hoylech al he connects it to "Al Gachoyin Chatelich of Parshas Bereishis." So why is Rashi not explaining it over here in one of the other explanations that we said about Al Gachoyin Either this idea that as it goes, it causes, makes a noise, or as the Targum says over here, also uses the term that's associated with the with the with the with the belly. So why is Rashi over here suddenly giving us this new pirush that Lashen Gochen means going bent over? The Rebbe now moves on to the next Dibra Maschil Rashi. On the words Kol Hoyleich, Rashi quotes those words. And Rashi explains that it does, that what it refers to, Lahavi, it's coming to include, that's besides the snake that we mentioned already, because it says Kol Hoyleich, it comes to explain worms, and also other things that are hadoyme lidoyme. So worms are similar to the snake, and even further things that are similar to that which was similar to the snake. In other words, one more level. So the Rebbe asks, yes, it's true that the word koil, whenever it says koil, it's coming to add something, but what's the proof, al piapshat, al apshat, what's the proof that we're including two things? First of all, including the worms, and then including even things that are similar to that which was similar. So the worms is the first stage, and then things that are similar to worms, which is already another stage. The question is even stronger. This derasha is found both in the Torah's Koyanim and in the Gemara. Now, the way Rashi brings it, Hadoyme Ledoyme, comes from the Torah's Koyanim. In the Gemara it says different. In the Gemara it says, And that which is similar to the worm. So not that which is similar to that which is similar, but that which is similar to the worm. How is this different, says the Rebbe? According to the Gemara, according to the Gears of the Gemara, we could say, at least we could say, that when it says, the word koil is really only including one thing. It's referring worms and similar things to worms. In other words, things that are similar to the snakes, which is, Worms and anything similar to it. So when the Gemara says, first a worm, and then it says, and that which is similar to that, it's not two separate categories. The worm itself was just an example of things that we're learning out from coil, which would include all types of things that are in that category similar to that as well, and obviously the worm and anything similar to it. So it's not two stages. Anything, coil, hoi would mean a snake, and anything similar to a snake, which the Gemara is giving an example, worms or anything like that. But according to the gears of the Torah's Koyim, and the way Rashi says it, there's hadoyme lidoyme, meaning we're also that which is similar to that which is similar to a snake, is clearly emphasizing that there are two stages of it, two ribuyim, two things that we're including, two levels. Number one, the worm which is similar to a snake, and number two, that which is similar to that which is similar. In other words, types of shratzim that are not actually similar to the snake, but they are more similar to the worms, which in itself is similar to a snake.
Now, for some reason, Rashi chooses the gears of the Torah's Koyanim and not the gears of the Gemara. We're trying to understand why. Another thing that Rebbe asks is, why when Rashi is explaining these words, Koil Hoylech, does Rashi quote from the Pasuk also the word Hoylech? Seemingly, all that's relevant is the word Koil, what we're learning out from this extra word Koil. So why is Rashi quoting the word Hoylech as well? The Rebbe makes the question stronger. Further on in this very Pasuk, in something that seems to be a very, very similar idea, where the Pasuk says, V'choyl hoylech alarba, anything going on four legs, Rashi quotes the word only koil, so he doesn't say over here, koil hoylech, here he only quotes the word koil, and he explains that this comes to include also things like beetles, etc., as we'll soon see more of that Rashi. But clearly Rashi is only quoting over there the word koil, not koil hoylech. And here Rashi does add the word hoylech, why is that? The Rebbe now moves on to the Rashi we just started mentioning. So the next Dibra Maschal Rashi says, anything that goes on four feet, four legs. Rashi explains this refers to an akrov to a scorpion. Now an akrov is the only sheretz that actually walks on four legs. And then Rashi quotes, as we just mentioned before, the word koil. And Rashi says, what is this coming to include? Lahavi, this comes to include... Also a beetle, and Rashi brings a French word for it. There's hadoyme, ledoyme, and again Rashi says the same idea, and that which is similar to that which is similar. So here again we have the same kind of questions we had before. Number one, where is Rashi getting, getting from in Derech Apshat that the word koil is going to include two things, both a beetle and that which is similar to that which was similar to the scorpion. And number two, once again, why is Rashi choosing the gears of the Torah's Koyim and not from the Gemara, where the Gemara, similar to what it said before, where the Gemara said a worm and anything similar to the worm, in the Gemara in this case also says the scorpion and, and, and the beetle and anything similar to the beetle, not that which is similar to that which is similar. So again, why is Rashi choosing this expression, that which is similar to that which is similar? The Rebbe now moves on to the next Dibra Maschal. On the words Mar Beiraglaim, anything that has lots of feet. Rashi explains, Zenodal, this refers to a nodal. What's a nodal? This is a sheret, says Rashi, that has feet from its head to, to, to its tail on both sides of the body. Rashi again gives a, a word for it, Sintfish, which is a centipede. And this, with this Rashi finishes his Pirush on this Pasuk. So the Rebbe says, the fact that Rashi elaborates on the word and explains that the nodal is referring to a sheretz that has feet from its head to its tail on either side and it's called sintfish, a centipede, and doesn't just say simply, zen nodal, sintfish belows. Why is he elaborating about this whole business of how many feet it has? So says Rashi, this, says the Rebbe, this is understood because Rashi is coming to explain how we know what we're talking about. There are plenty of sherotzim that have lots of feet. So why are we saying that Marbera Glaim is specifically referring to this thing called the nodal, the centipede? This is why Rashi says that there is a sheretz. There is this type of creeping creature. That its whole body has feet from its head till its tail on either side to the extent that that's actually the way it's called. It's called a centipede because of the many feet that it has. Or as the Rebbe quotes from Rashi in the Gemara, that it's referred to as Meir Aglaim, the one with a hundred feet. 
And therefore, when the Torah says Mar Beraglayim, it's clearly referring to this Sheretz that has all of these feet from its head to its tail. So that part is understood. The question, however, is, the Pasuk says, Kol Mar, mar Beraglayim. So why over here doesn't Rashi say that the word Kol is coming to add also other Shrotzim that have lots of feet that are similar to the centipede, and also, like he said in the other Rashis, and that which is similar to that which is similar. So why is it, by in the first two Rashis, Rashi does do that, and with this third thing in the Pasuk, Rashi doesn't do this. The question is even bigger. Both in Torah's Koyenim and in the Gemara, on, this, on these words of the Pasuk, I'd call Mar Beraglayim, it actually does say this idea, also things which are similar and things which are similar to similar. And yet Rashi brings these Drashis of the Razal, the first two times in our Pasuk where it says Koyel, or Vichoyl, and not the third time. Says the Rebbe, the explanation to all of this is, as mentioned earlier, when the Pasuk uses the term, that which goes on Gochoin, and this is an expression that, as mentioned, is only used in Torah earlier regarding the Nachash, it's quite obvious that the Torah over here means a snake. As Rashi says, Zen Nachash, this is a snake. So too, when the Pasuk says, that which goes on four feet, again, it's very clear that this is referring to a scorpion, because the scorpion is the only one that goes on four feet. And that's why, as Rashi says, it's clear that the Torah is referring to the Akrav, Ze Akrav, it's referring to the Akrav. The question then becomes, if is only referring to a snake, is only referring to a scorpion, why doesn't the Torah just say it simply, clearly, and concisely, Nochosh and Akrov. The Rebbe first compares it to the next part of the Pasuk. When it comes to Mar Beraglayim, something that has lots of feet, the fact that the Torah doesn't use over there the word Nodal, which is the centipede, that we could answer simply, says the Rebbe. The word Nodal is something that's not found, it's not a word of Tanakh. It's not found in Loshan Mikro. We don't find him anywhere else in Tanakh. It's found in Torah's Koyinim, it's found in the Mishnah, which uh, Rashi brings a number of t- times Torah's Koyinim in, safe, in his in explanation on Sefer Vayikra. So we understand where the Torah doesn't use that word. But Nachash and Akrav are words that are definitely used many times in Chumash. So why doesn't the Torah use that? This leads us to say that when it says Hoylech al the Torah doesn't just mean simply the Nachash, the snake, as the general idea of a snake, which has many different characteristics, the Torah is specifically looking at this aspect, the fact that it's hoylech al-gochoin. So if the Torah is specifically referring to hoylech al-gochoin, so automatically then when it says koil hoylech al-gochoin, and again, hoylech al-gochoin is only a nochosh, so if it says koil hoylech al-gochoin, clearly it's coming to add other things that are similar to the nochosh, and specifically similar in which way to the idea that it is hoylech al-gochoin, which is the worms, as Rashi says. The same thing will be true in the same way when the Torah speaks about koil hoylech al-arba regarding the scorpion. And this is why the Torah can't say nochash and akrov, because then, if you would say koil nochash and kol akrov, then it would only be things that are within the category, within the species of nochash and akrov, every type of snake and scorpion. Or, says the Rebbe, even if we would want to say things that are similar to the scor- snakes and scorpions, if, if, even if we would want to say that, but we wouldn't know in which way they need to be similar. Whether it's in Hoylech al-Gochoin, Hoylech al-Arba characteristic, or is it maybe something else about the snake and the scorpion we need to be comparing it to. 
Says the Rebbe, now we can understand simply why Rashi cannot say that Gochin means one of those other Pirushim that we would have understood from Pasha's Bereshis in regards to when it, these words are, like this is mentioned the first time. Where we said before, the Eben Ezra says, because of the Ruach Sheyagiyach, because of the wind and the noise that comes out of it, like explained earlier on the word Gichoin, because Koil Hoylech Al Gochin is clearly coming to include shrotzim, it's coming to include things that are also hoylech al in some way or another. But we don't find this idea by other shrotzim that as it goes, it's producing this wind or this air coming out of it, producing the sound. By the same token, says the Rebbe, we also can say, the Rashi also can translate like the Targum, that al means going on its belly. Because if that would be the case, we have a similar problem. Why is the Torah using the word gochin which then will tell us, oh, Gochin has to be a Nachosh, because that's the only time we had such an expression everywhere and anywhere in Torah. And therefore, will then come to tell us that it's coming to include other Shratzim. It seemingly would have been much simpler that the Torah could use an expression that Lechatchile includes all the Shratzim of that category. The Torah could have said something like, things that go on its belly or the like. And this is what tells, forces Rashi to say that Hoylech al is referring specifically to something that really only does apply to the Nochosh. And not to the other Shratzim. That's why I can't use the term um, of Me'ayim, uh, which is the belly. So what does Rashi say Gochen then means? Something that only refers to the Nochosh. So Rashi says it means that it goes bent over and falling down on its belly, which means that it originally starts off going just bent. Not on its stomach, not on its belly. But then it falls down onto its belly, whereas worms and other things like that, which we're going to learn out from the word, these are things that are slithering or crawling directly on their bellies right from the outset, not they're starting off going bent over and then flopping down, falling down onto their belly. The Rebbe says the same thing is true with in regards to the scorpion. Again, the scorpion is the only one that's directly hoylech al-arba. Where is the beetle or other sorts of shratzim like that that we're going to learn out from the word koil? They have more than four legs, but the reason why they can be similar to koil hoylech al-arba because the upper legs are not really being used as much and so on. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why the Torah, why Rashi quotes from the word, from the Pasuk, the words koil hoylech. We asked before, why don't you just say koil? Why are you saying hoylech? Because Rashi is trying to emphasize the similarity that these things have with the Nachash is only as far as when it's actually moving along the ground, which is something that happens later by the Nachash. First, as we said, it falls down onto its belly. Then when it's going to be crawling along, now it's going to be similar to these other worms. But the idea of Gochen itself, the way that it starts off going bent over, this is actually something that doesn't exist by the other ones. So that's where Rashi has to emphasize it's in the Hoylech part where they're actually starting to be similar. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Rashi chooses the Giras of the Torah's Koyanim, where he says, that which is similar to that which is similar. What's Rashi trying to tell us over here? The word Koyal, number one, says the Rebbe. The Rebbe is going to say two points over here, putting them together. The word Koyal is not coming to include other shrotsim that are within the same the same species as the Nochash and the Akrov. Because then, 
we would also be including things that are, that are not necessarily similar to each other. We say a snake and all the different kinds of snakes, all well, there are many snakes that are not similar to each other. So we're speaking about shratzim that have a certain similarity to the snakes and the scorpions in the fact that they also crawl on their bellies, as we said, not, they don't go bent over like the snake, but ultimately they crawl around like the snake or those that have the four legs. That's one part of the equation. On the other hand, even the worms are not actually similar to the nochash with all of its details, even in the way it's hoylech al gochon. There's only some sort of similarity because as we just said, the nochash eventually falls on its belly, so in that way it's, the worms are similar to it. And the same thing is true with the beetle, that it's only in some way similar to the scorpion, only in the fact that it also goes practically on four legs because the upper legs are not really used as much. And therefore, says the Rebbe, since even the worm and the beetle are not so similar to the nochash and to the akrov, so therefore the word coil could already include things that are in a more general way similar to these things that were similar, as long as it has some similarity to the concept of hoylich al and al-arba. It doesn't have to be exactly like the worm. Because the general idea is as long as it's similar to this concept of Heilich al and or Heilich al Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand the difference by, why by Koil Heilich al and Koil Heilich al we said there's a difference, we said that Rashi adds things that are similar to the worms and the beetles, but by Kol, uh, and things that are similar to the snakes and the scorpions. Whereas by Koil Marbir Rashi didn't say, and things that are similar to the centipede. Rashi doesn't explain anything on the word coil over there. So the Rebbe explains, the concept of hoylech al and hoylech al in regards to shrotzim, in regards to these creeping creatures, as we said already a number of times, only exist by the nochash and the akrov, by the snake and the scorpion. And therefore, if the Pasuk is saying, koil hoylech al gochen, we can't say that it means every sheretz, every type of sheretz that goes al gochen and goes on arba, because, as we said before, there are no other things other than the nochash and the akrav that do this. And therefore, if they say the word koil, it must be coming to include something else. And that's why Rashi says it also includes the worms and the beetles and so on. Whereas when it says marber which marber means obviously more than four feet, this idea of having many feet, this exists by many shrotzen. Although, um, other than the centipede, by them there are also parts of the body that there, there could be more feet. In other words, it's not covered in feet completely from head to toe. And therefore, the translation of kol marber aglaim in the simple sense, Rashi doesn't even have to explain this, kol marber aglaim means all types of shrotzim that have many, many feet. So, Kol Marber Aglaim, Rashi is telling us it's referring to the centipede, but Kol Marber Aglaim clearly refers to all things that have many feet. It's not even something similar, in other words, not something similar to the centipede. Kol Marber Aglaim means all types of things that have many feet. But says the Rebbe then, if that's the case, we need to understand why is Rashi saying that Kol Marber Marber Aglaim Zen Nodl refers specifically to the centipede, why doesn't Rashi then just say, for example, the centipede? So the Rebbe explains, the the explanation is is like this. Since in the first two parts of the Pasuk, in regards to the snake that's Hoylech Al-Gochim, in regards to the scorpion that's Hoylech Al-Arba, 
We said that each one of these things clearly refer to only one sheretz, to one type of thing, either the snake or the scorpion, as discussed at length. So therefore it makes the sense to say that the third thing that the Pasuk says, Mar Beraglayim, also means one thing. So Rashi says, what's that one thing that has so many legs? That's the noddle, that's the centipede. But clearly when it says, Kol Mar Beraglayim, it means all of the things that have, are in this category that have many legs. So Rashi doesn't have to explain this. This is something very, very obvious, very, very simple. Similar to something that we had already a number of times earlier in the parsha, where we, where we had the word leminoi by many things, and it says clearly that it refers to all different types of things in that as similar species and so on. Says the Rebbe, now the Rebbe turns to the Hiroi in Avoidus Hashem. And the Rebbe says, Ubehekdim by first prefacing. Seemingly, it's still not completely smooth and understood, at least Soif, soif, at the end of the day, since it, the nachash does go on its belly, and the fact that it goes bent over, which we said, and that's only when it starts going, but eventually it does get down onto its belly. Why couldn't the Torah just write simply, and therefore that would automatically include all type of shratzim in that category, whether it's worms or the snake and so on. So the Rebbe says, because there's an important hayro over here in Avodah Hashem. Chazal tell us regarding the Nochash, that the Nochash just refers to the Yetzir Hara. The Torah is telling us, how does the Yetzir Hara approach a person? He doesn't start trying to influence the person right away to be hoylech al to get down right on its belly immediately, which would mean to go crawl, lie in all sorts of earthly, materialistic things like eating and so on. Rather, it starts off with Hoylech Shach. What does Hoylech Shach mean going bent over? In other words, the head is bent down. What does that mean, the head is bent down? The proper way I would supposed to be as a person, the Pasuk says, you're supposed to be lifting your head, lift your eyes to the heaven to see who created all of this. So it starts off with having your head turned downwards instead of upwards. But what does that lead? That eventually, you're falling down completely, your whole body down onto the ground, into all earthly and worldly things. As Chazal say, this is the craft of the Eight Sahara. Today he tells you do this, the next day he tells you do that, until he tells you to serve Avodah Zarah. And therefore the way to deal, to overcome the Nachash, is that where should you be into, where should your head be focused on? Where should your eyes be? Up to the heaven. Up into, into the, to, to, to Ruchni is the things. To Elikus, to Torah generally, and specifically into Nistar and Pnimiyas HaToyra. That will ensure that you don't go with your head bent down. The Rebbe says this itself is also hinted in our Pasuk. The Marsha explains the Gemara, the Maimar Azal that says. The Gemara says, from Why is it that the early great sages were called Soifrim? Soifrim is often the word of counting. Because they would count the Oisius of the Torah. And they would say about different words and letters where exactly precisely in the Torah they are. And they would say about this Vav of the word Gochoin that we are discussing, that this is the middle letter of the Sefer Torah. What does the Marsha say on this Gemara? That the Oisius are really all, the Oisius and the Torah are all indications of different names of Hashem. This is the real hidden, deeper aspect of what's going on in the Torah, besides its simple meaning. Now, because the Left side, the power of Tumor, is all about the Nochash, the Nochash HaKadmoini. So we have right over here, in the middle of the Oisius HaToyda, we have that middle letter of the Torah. 
is that Vav of Gochoin to hint, based on this idea of the Oisis of the Torah, which are all the names of Hashem, that over here in the area of Torah, there is no room for the Koyach HaTumah. The Vav of that Gochoin is sort of blocking, stopping, that there's no power to Tumah to be able to enter. How does this work? So the Rebbe says, this idea that we're blocking the power of the Nachosh is not only by destroying the power of the Nachosh, but actually it's through refining and elevating the Nachosh to the extent that it gets transformed into Kedusha. We have a Maim Chazal on the Pasuk that says, Gam Oivov, that the enemies will also make peace with, make, make peace, peace with us, says the, say, say the, say, say the Chazal, Zeha Nachosh, it refers to the snake. That on the one hand, yes, the snake is the enemy, as the Pasik says, all the way in Pasha's Bereshis, the Eva Oshis, that Hashem says he's going to be putting hatred between the snake and mankind. And yet, Gam Oiva of Yashlimitri means the Nachash will now make peace with people. The bitter of this Nachash of Klippa is by revealing the source, the root of the Nachash of Klippa, that really, like it says, Satan Lashem Shamayim Neskaven, even the Satan. The Gemara says regarding certain things that it did really had a good intention. In other words, it really all starts off in a place of Kedusha. So the source of the Nochosh down here is really in a, in a place of the Nochosh up in the spiritual realm in a Kedusha place. The Rebbe says this is explained in Chassidus on the concept of the Nechash HaNachosh, the copper Nochosh that Moshe Rabbeinu made when the Yidin were being bitten by snakes. And, it, and the Pasuk says, V'hibit al-Nachash HaNachosh, that when one would be bitten they would look up onto the snake, as Rashi tells us over there from the Gemara, that it really means it's about looking upwards to heaven. But what does this mean? So Chassidus explains that what it means is you're looking up to the source of the snake, to the snake within Kedusha, the source of the Nochash of Klippa. And then Vachai, and then you become cured because that's transforming, elevating the Nochash of Klippa. So the Rebbe says, the same thing is true when we speak about in our passing this idea, the way we were just describing it, to make peace, so to speak, the Nachash making peace with us. This is also the idea of making peace between the Nachash of Klippa and Nachash of, of, of Kedusha. This idea is also hinted in our Pasuk. How was that? The Tzemach Tzedek explains on this idea that we just quoted from the Gemara that the Vav of Gochoin is the middle letter of the Torah. So he explains like this. The Vav, first of all, of Gochoin is a big Vav. And the Vav hints to the sphere of Tiferes, and the big Vav, the fact that it's a big Vav going above the line, represents that it's going up, 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 into the level of Keser. And that's why it has the power to connect the two halves of the Sefer Torah. It's the middle letter, that means it's connecting the two halves of the Sefer Torah. The two halves representing Chesed and Gevura. This idea that the middle point has the ability to connect both halves, is similar to that which another concept which is known regarding Chatzoy Slayla, regarding midnight. And here too we say it's the point that connects the two halves of, halves of the night. And the first night is generally related to and getting its nourishment from the level of Din, which is Gevura. And the second one is associated with Chesed. And this, says the Rebbe, is the reason why this Vav of Gochen could stop the power of the Nochosh. Because the whole idea of the Nochash of Klippa getting chayas, Chassidus explains, is from something called many tzimtzumim, lots of contractions, which comes from the left side, from the gvura side, when there is not a lot of chayas because of the gvuris and tzimtzumim, that allows that Klippa can receive chayas. 
But when we have that middle letter that's connecting the right and the left, causing that the yamin and small, the right and left, should be, can't be able to be including each other. That's the sphere of teferis that combines chesed and gvura, that causes that klipa shouldn't be able to get its chayis anymore. Says the Rebbe, we could say that also the shalom between the nachash of klipa and its source, the nachash of kedusha, is also through this big vav. In other words, we first spoke about this idea of stopping the klipa, but the Rebbe is now speaking about the idea of the transformation, the shalom. Because this connection between the higher things, the way things are in the shoyrish up above, and mato, and things the way they are down below, and that really it's all one and really all connected. The Rebbe says, not like that heretic in the Gemara tells a story in the Gemara that claimed to in a certain Amoira saying that half of his body belonged to Klippa, to a certain Avoidizara, and half of his body belonged to Hashem. In other words, this idea that there's a separation, we connect the upper world, the upper realms and the lower realms. And how does that happen? Again, through the middle kav, through that sphere of Teferis. We say about that middle kav, that middle, that middle level, we say about it, this is an expression used regarding the, the brichim, the poles in the mishkan, that says, that it goes from one extreme, from the highest extreme, all the way to the lowest extreme. That's the level of Teferis, that goes from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low. And that's why it is the one that can be causing peace between the upper realms and the lower realms, Causing that even within the lower realms, within the Nachash, the way it's in Klippa, should be revealed its Shoirish, which is the Nachash of Kedusha. Says the Rebbe, this Shalim, this peace, will be Begilui. But V.S. Mashiach Tzitkenu, Mashiach is also referred to as Nachash, and he will cause the Yash Lemite, the ultimate peace with all of these levels, Ubekarif Mamash.